You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about the glory of libraries and interviewing Adam Sokol and Jen Grunenwald from Overdrive. But first... What are you reading, Bria? Oh my god. I just finished this book and I'm going to talk about it even though I finished it last night because it... I literally, at some point, I turned to my fiancé and I said... This was like yesterday morning at like 7 a.m. I got up and was reading it and I said, I have to finish this book because I'm so concerned for this woman. I need to know what happens to her and that she's okay. It's The Future Home of the Living God by Louise Erdrich. Do you know her? She writes a lot of stories. Do you know her? Are you friends with her? Is she your best? Is she her? <laughs> I've heard of the book, but I I have not read it yet. So there's, we were just talking about this, how there's a pregnancy theme there's happening of, inside a lot by of apocalyptic books. A lot of pregnancy books. books coming out. This is a world in which evolution starts going backwards and women start giving birth to Neanderthals. And then like, literally there's like, you, they look out the window and there's like things that used to be cats that now look like like saber-toothed tigers so for some reason evolution starts moving backwards and the main the protagonist is this woman who is pregnant and she's writing this book to her future child and she doesn't know if she's pregnant with a baby or a neanderthal and she is she's native uh native american and she is adopted by white parents and at the beginning of the book, she goes and she meets her original, like, First Nation parents. And then they, it all kind of, like, plays into – that plays into things. But it, there's a lot of, like, you know, she gets kidnapped. Her various parents help Don't her because she has anything. sets of parents. Don't you spoil know? anything. Should I read this? It is – you should read it. Okay. It's so good. And Go you – I cannot tell you how worried I was for her. You look, was, you, look you still look kind of worried. It was Bri- so <laughs> stressful that yesterday I was like, I guess I have a lot to do, but I can't because I need to make sure she's okay. Which was a, a good feeling, but also I like I was like, I don't know if I can read another apocalyptic book for a minute. No, you need to read. You need a box full of puppies and like a book about kittens. Yeah, I literally, I well, yeah, I started reading a true crime book after this, but I, Bria, yeah. what are you doing? I know, I know, I guess I'm trying to destroy myself. What are you reading, Mallory? <laughs> I am also reading a very sad, weird book. <laughs> <laughs> What's new? <laughs> uh, it's called Sweet Lamb of Heaven by Lydia Millet, and it's about this lady who has a baby. <laughs> Which is a lot of pregnancy books. I don't know what's going on. But as soon as she gives birth to the baby, she starts hearing weird voices. But she's the only one who can hear them. Is she and having an angel baby? I don't think it's an angel baby. What, what's going on? And like the what it is, it's voices and it's just like snap. And she always forgets them as soon as she hears them. But every once in a while she can catch one. And it's always like a line from a poem and or like a line from an old, you know, an old book. Or Does she like, have a ghost baby? It, sound, it feels <laughs> kind of like a weird ghost baby. But her baby's normal and fine. The scariest kind of ghosts are probably ghost babies. Oh, God, yeah. If you had to, like, think about, wow, that is a scary kind so of ghost. they're so small. Yeah. They could get anywhere. They could be, they could, yeah, they could be, they could crawl anywhere. <laughs> I guess a baby, I guess a ghost snake would be the scariest oh my God. thing. Oh, my God, Brian, we're stopping this conversation <laughs> right now before I have a panic attack. So, um, that sounds really good. The cover's uh, cool. I'm looking at the cover right now. It's yeah, well, cover. what happened, so her husband uh, does not want to be involved, and her, they kind of, you know, run away from him and go out to the other side of the country, and then he runs for political office and realizes that he wants his family back so he can, like, look like a nice man, <gasps> and so they're pursuing, he's pursuing them, and they're kind of on the run with this weird baby who has this voice thing attached, and she, and of course, she knows it's the baby because when she goes to, when the baby sleeps, the voices stop. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. 
So, guys, we're, t- we're testing out a new segment here on the show. We've opened up requests for book recommendations oh, because no. we've gotten so many. We get so many emails. We're opening the floodgates, guys. Oh, we, know, we know everybody's asking for them, and we always say no. We always say we know, it's we, not what this show is. But we've gotten so many emails from Turns you guys. Out it is what this show is. Turns out. <laughs> so we were gonna, we're doing gonna do a little quick segment at the top of the show. Um, and of course, Rachel, who is one of our awesome moderators over on Goodreads and is very active in our Facebook group, we wanted to do her request first. So she asked. We, we want. We don't want to say that we're you know biased, but we are biased. We're so biased. <laughs> we're biased. We, she runs our Goodreads group. <laughs> Rachel asks. I'm. I really love twisty turny books, but I don't like horror at all. I loved things like Gone Girl, and I'm looking for more mysteries that really throw me for a loop. Any ideas? By the way, just so you know, I do re- really like our Goodreads group. It's a we were having group. conversations about our book goals for the year, and I was I go in while I'm editing the podcast. I go in and read what you guys have written, so I go and see what what you guys are doing while I'm. Also, you guys will be happy to know that me and Bria are finally friends on Goodreads. <laughs> we made it finally happen. friend us both because I don't friend people in there. I only people, when people friend me, I'm excited. I get like. A lot of requ- a lot of friends from the from the podcast. I, you guys I, can find us on Goodreads. Yeah, find us. Um, okay, so Twisty Turny and Mysteries, Mysteries, right? Yes. This is this is what yes. we're going for. My suggestion is Woman in Cabin Ten. Did you read this book? No, but I read Ruth, Ruth Ware's Ware. previous book in a dark, dark wood, and I liked it. So it also has the word woman in the title. Title. So it's like Gone Girl, basically woman, yeah. girl, girl on a train, women, places, doing girl things. in a box, ladies, girl <laughs> in a hat, girl in a trunk, <laughs> girl eating ham, girl eating grenades at ham. <laughs> Sam, I am. I think she can handle horror, and this is my argument that you can handle a little horror in your mystery. Because if there's a murder, that's a horror. <laughs> Laying down the gauntlet right here. Damn. If there's a murder, there it's a horror. Okay. Unless, okay. Is this, yeah. I mean, I guess all mur- murders just sort of by nature kind of scary. Hamlet, a horror. <laughs> ha- a lot of ham going on. Hams and babies. <laughs> I mean, to say, whatever. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Girl in Cabin 10. I would say check it out. It's a little bit of horror, but not much, but it is a mystery. It's a mystery. It's basically like a girl on a train, but it's a lady in a boat. <laughs> Do you want a slightly slower form of transportation? <laughs> Are trains too quick for you? Get girl on a boat. <laughs> All right, what do you suggest, Mallory? Um, I uh, I got an arc last year of The Party by Elizabeth Day, which is published by our friends over at Little Brown, uh, and I loved it. It's super, super compelling. It is very Gone Girly in the way that I've never read Gone Girly, Girl, Gone Girl, but I but we get it. But we get it. I never read Gone Girl either. It, but it's not it's not scary at all. It's a really twisty mystery. It's super compelling. You know, you don't you keep like it's about this guy and he I think I actually talked talked about it on the show you when did. I was reading mm-hmm. it I remember. you know it's this guy and his wife and they're not really happy and the guy's best friend is this very very affluent confident you know handsome man and you can't you don't really know why they're friends because the ha- the, the best friend clearly looks down on the on the main character and the main character really idolizes his best friend so you're like and there, you know there's some sort of secret binding them together but as the story goes on you're trying to something bad happens and you like you first you're like oh it's definitely this guy oh no it's definitely this guy and it's so super and it's all sort of surrounds the 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 best friend's birthday party that's this big event and as the event approaches things ramp up and get really really intense and you're not sure what's going on and it's again it's not scary but it's super super compelling so but you had the arc is it out it's out now yeah oh, okay cool Cool. All right, we'll check those out. So you can email your book recommendation request to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. We also generally still want regular kind of feedback, though. Oh, yeah. You we can love always... your stories. We yeah. love all the, the... And we're still going to be talking about feedback on the show, but we're just going to mix it up a little bit with some recommendation requests. And remember, 
You can always check out that Facebook group that we are talking about or the Goodreads page that we're talking about. We're on both. Yes. And also, uh, you guys can now check us out on Litzy. We just opened up a Reading Glasses Litzy account. You guys are always asking what we think of the books that we talk about on the show because we don't review books. But we're going to post about the books that we liked after we read them on Litzy. This is going to be so hard for me, but we're going to see how it goes. It's going to be great. It's going to help you with your New Year's resolution. This week's Reading Glasses is brought to you in part by Squarespace. We love Squarespace. We both use Squarespace for our websites. You can check out our websites. Mine's BriaGrant.com. Mine's MallaryMara.com. And it's and, and they both look kind of amazing. They yeah. look very professional for two people who don't know how to use computers. Yeah, so it was things you can do with Squarespace. You can blog. You can publish content. You can sell products and services of all kinds. You can announce an upcoming event or a special project and all of these on a beautiful website. And more. I post photos on there all the time. I I do blog. I and, blog too. And um, I put videos on there, um, things that I've done. And people go there and they say, what's your website? Where, so, how can I see what you've done? I'm like, go to this website. It's made by Squarespace. Squarespace does this all by giving you 24-7 award-winning customer support, beautiful, customizable templates created by world-class designers. Everything's optimized for mobile right out of the box so you don't have to like figure anything weird out. Mm-hmm. There's powerful analytics and built-in search engine optimization, which I just checked out recently. It's weird to see all the people that are looking at your, your website every day, but kind of amazing. <laughs> this is this is technology that I can't, can't even comprehend. And the hosting is free and secure, and you have the ability to choose from over 200 domain extensions. Yeah, you can be like Bria Grant dot grape. Dot grape? Dot grape is one I Maybe know. Maybe if sure. you go there and you can watch Bria eating grapes. Ooh, guys, if someone makes that website, I'll eat some grapes and send it to you. <laughs> and but and to do that you could use our, our offer code. Yeah. Which you, is glasses. Yeah, go to squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code glasses to save ten percent off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com. Enter code glasses. Bria Grant dot grape. And Bria Grant dot grape. Someone make that, please. Hey everyone, Freddie Wong, Matt Arnold, and Will Campos here to tell you about Story Break, a writer's room podcast where every week we, the Hollywood geniuses behind Video Game High School, have one hour to turn a humble idea into an awesome movie. Thrill as we weave the tragic tale of Jar Jar, a Star Wars story. We're going to double down on everything that made the prequels great. Jar Jar, (laughs) trade federation, (laughs) politics. Gasp as we assemble a pantheon of heroes for the Kellogg Cinematic Universe. We could get rid of Snap, Crackle, Pop. I wouldn't even miss them. You're crazy. They die in the second. Knack. Oh, come on. <laughs> and join us as we make fun of Matt as he struggles to name a single Beyonce song. Well, yeah, put a finger on it. Sure, she wants to be Beyonce. Put a um, finger on it. Beyonce is <laughs> the famous song. Will we break the story? Or will the story break us? Find out by joining us in the writer's room every Thursday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. This week, it's all about libraries. Libraries are amazing. You can borrow books for free. Free. You just get to walk away with a book. So book lovers are always extolling the magic of libraries, but not enough people take advantage of all the awesome stuff that libraries have. There are some surprising ways you can use your library and get help from librarians, and we're here to clue you in. You you obviously know you can get books from your library, but there's other things you can get as well. You can make requests for books that you don't have. Yep. They don't have already. Something I do constantly, and we do it. I do it in e-form. It's not guaranteed that you're going to get your request, but the librarians are going to do their best to help you out. And honestly, I would say I get 90% of the books that I request from there in e-book form, so that's really exciting for me. But you can get physical books, e-books, audio books, large print books, 
all three requests if you want to do that. So, and also, speaking of librarians, they are the gems of libraries. Librarians are the gems of libraries. I love librarians. Honestly, they're the best people in the world. Uh, and as Neil Gaiman said, Google can bring you back 100,000 answers. A librarian can bring you back the right one, which, as I you know, do research all the time, I'm very well aware of. You want some libra- library facts right now? Hell yeah, I do. Okay. The longest running library is in a monastery in Egypt and has been running since the 6th century. What? Isn't that crazy? Members of the public, they're not allowed in there, but monks still can go get books from there. What do I have to do to pretend that I'm a monk? I think you just like shave your head and cut off your balls. That's not monks. Eunice. <laughs> well, I don't have balls, okay. so I'm Shave your head. There. You just got to shave your Are head. Are we allowed to say balls on this show? Have we never said balls on the show? We've definitely said dongs before. I feel like we had to have said balls. Huh. Well, well it's first, first step for reading glasses, saying balls on <laughs> sorry, the show. Sorry, everybody. Thank God we have that little E next to the podcast. 68% of Americans have library cards, which is actually higher than I thought. That's way higher than I thought. There are more libraries than McDonald's in America. What? Because if you think about it, a small town is probably going to have a library, but not small town may not have a McDonald's. There were like three McDonald's in the town I grew up I in. I know. There were two in mine. This is a just, I don't know. I just read no, this, this on the great. internet. This is great. This gives me a lot of hope. And libraries were one of the first institutions in America to become racially se- in- integrated. Wow. Not segregated. Integrated. <laughs> yeah, one of the very first places where, where, where that happened publicly. Wow. Yep. Bria, did you know that if you have a question, you can just call the library and ask them? No. Yes. It, it, they have it at the LAPL, which is the LA Public Library, which is our library. And, but it was, it's, I'm pretty sure it got started at the New York Public Library. It's Ask a Librarian. You can literally just call their hotline. And if you have a research question, you could be like, you know, how many weeks are antelopes pregnant for? And they will look it up and, and, and give you the answer. So I, if you have a question and you're, it's like you keep getting shitty Google results, you can just call the library. I want this job. Like they're I actually pe- want the job of doing the research. That Isn't sounds that fascinating. Yeah, it's an actual job. Isn't so, that amazing, though? Mm-hmm. The library's like your friend. That your is pa- that, your very smart pal. That's amazing. Isn't that great? Yeah. So if you need a book recommendation for you, for somebody else, help with research, help looking for work, help using a computer, a librarian can help you with all of this. And plus, there are lots of programs at libraries. There's book clubs, story time for kids, poetry workshops, language classes, movie screenings, tutoring, gaming. Guys, there's so much stuff at your library. Do you know that I ran the children's book club, summer reading club at my library when I was in high school? No. I did. Yeah, that's really cute. I mean, I was paid. I worked there. I also, I shelved books. That was my main job. But in the summer, I was in charge of the children's summer reading program. Did you pick some good books? Well, no, they just got to read as many books as they wanted. And then they would come in and we would have like people come and talk or we'd play games or we'd talk about books and then we'd give them free toys and books that people in the community had donated and yeah it was cool and one year I had every all of them write down all the books that they wrote on these pieces of paper that looked like feathers and I put them up to make them look like it was a peacock like where on the windows but then like some asshole kid read like hundreds of books and I had to go through and tape up (laughs) and it was also me when I was a kid so (laughs) it was fine but I remember him coming in and like giving me like so many of those pieces of paper and I was like I guess I'm gonna Tape all these up (laughs) tonight. He's like, I have the largest peacock. (laughs) There's a whole feed in our Goodreads group about the future of libraries, which I thought was super interesting and wanted to bring it up. Basically, a lot of librarians and members of the public think that libraries of the future may not look like the libraries that we have today. 
people think that in the future, libraries may be used more for programs and meeting spaces and things like that. And for also for reference books and rare books that aren't on the internet. Because you can say that all these books are, you can find on the internet. You can't. There's a lot of books you can't find on the internet. A lot of information you can't find on the internet. It's basically going to take a very long time to get everything on the internet that we have. And we just keep making more stuff. So if you need an encyclopedia from like 1963, it's going to be tough to find that on Google. But you might be able to find it at your local library. Also, guys, the library is a great place to just hang out at. Like Seriously, if you need a place to read that isn't home, if you want to write in public but don't want to spend the money on a fancy coffee at a coffee shop, if you need to get out of the house but talking to people makes you anxious, just go to the library. You can't talk to people there. You just whisper to each other. It's great. People are actively encouraged not to talk to you. <laughs> it's amazing. And so not to mention the library book sales where you can get books for a dollar or two, and that's a great place to shop for used books. Bria, how do you use the library? Oh, man. I'm a big library user. I always have been, too. It's very weird. When I moved to L.A., one of the first things I did was find my local library. Oh, that's that's exactly what I do whenever I move anywhere. So I get about 90% of my books from the library, and the other 10% I think I get from you. <laughs> the Mallory O'Mara and Alan Amato lending library. It's very true. You guys need to get those lending library cards. You know what's funny is we're going to get a book embosser. That is, uh, I we, guess we had similar. this discussion the other day. This is probably the most intimate and committed I've ever been to another human being. We're getting joint book embossers for our library. Is it going to have just both your last names on it? Yeah. And all the eight cats' names on it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the biggest. It's going to be like the size of a pancake if we're going to put all the cat names. It's actually, it's just a book. It's just a it's book. It's a book. You get in it just today, whatever book you borrow. <laughs> I don't like having too many physical things, although I live with a record collector, so that has gone out the window. But generally... <laughs> I just I strictly do ebooks. I do, but I I do do some physical books. But I get all my ebooks from the library. My Silver Lake local library has a really cool place to return your physical books. I did not know about this. Okay, you haven't seen this. It's no. like um, it's like a little conveyor belt that takes your book back like Willy Wonka style into the back. If if I had been a kid, are there a bunch of tiny little bookworms like behind the little curtain? bookworms? And, book elves back there and just and like, like picking your book up and singing a little song <laughs> it's literally amazing. like like snow snow white shit happening back there that, like i would i want to work at the library now um if i they had had this when i was a kid this conveyor belt I, I think it's cool as an adult so i worked at a library as i've talked about on the show many times from the ages of age 15 to 18 every day so i still feel really comfortable like in a quiet place like that and it's where I do prefer to work like I'm a person who doesn't work with music do you work with music on someone, I do. The other day, someone wrote on our Facebook page that they read with music on. I do oh my god I can't even imagine oh yeah I have spe special Pandora stations specifically depending on what genre of book I'm reading no I like it quiet I wanted to be really quiet we should do an episode on that oh yeah um so I will sometimes go to a library when I don't want to go to a coffee shop especially if I don't want to be talked to if I just checked out a book from there like a physical book that yeah. I'm trying to read or something um, when I first moved to L.A., I would go to the downtown library all the time, and I would read books there and did work because basically I couldn't afford to go to expensive coffee shops. The downtown library is a sweet library. And it is. Oh, it's so vast. It's huge. It's, it's massive. There's computers. There's Wi-Fi. Yep. And I would go and just – it was free to park in the garage if you Not got your thing. fucking more. Oh, really? It costs like $30 if you're going to be there for a while. Really? Because they used oh, to stamp God, your yeah. card. Yeah, no. even if you validate. But Ugh, I also, I'm downtown going, library. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty upset about it. That sucks. Anyway, that was like my home base. I actually have photos of me in that library when I moved here like 10 years ago because it was such a like important place for me because it was, it was free. 
Like I could go and, and and I you know was waiting tables and trying to pursue acting and I and it was like a place I could go and I felt comfortable, but I could like bring my books, hang out there and not feel like I had to like go to a cool coffee shop where the coffee was like seven dollars and I like was from Texas and that seemed like so much money then. Now I'm like seven. That seems right. Yeah. Seems right. But back then it was important for me. What about you? How do you use your library, Mallory? I go to the library all the time. When I moved in with Alan, I made him get a library card. Wow, he didn't have a library card? He didn't have a library card. Alan doesn't use the library a lot. But, hmm. you know, I have priorities. And if you're going to, if we're going to, you're going to be in love with me, you have to have a library card. <laughs> it's like the Spice Girl song. If you want to be my lover, you got to get, get it with my library. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just found the name of the episode. <laughs> Uh, so as you as you know, I'm writing my book right now, and I so I research my book there pretty frequently, and I research a lot of things there. I like doing research because I'm an insane person. I basically when I got my first advance check for my book, I probably should have cut the LA Public Library a check for it because I have used the library so much. Uh, I don't like writing in coffee shops because people are annoying, and I'm afraid, and I don't like getting hit on by people, and I need a big table to like spread all my stuff out, so I feel like an asshole at one of those like teeny tiny cute little bistro tables, and I'm like, I have 15 notebooks, so I like to write at the library, uh, and also again, there's free Wi-Fi, but like recreationally, I get almost all of my audiobooks through the library now through oh. Libby. Through I, Libby? Yeah, I used oh, cool. to I remember when we started the show I used to use Scribd, but um I found out that you can get audiobooks through the library for free, guys. I know. And audiobooks can get kind of pricey. And once I found out about Overdrive, I completely switched and it's awesome and now that I 100% of my audiobooks come from the library. I know we're both big fans of Overdrive and and Libby, which is why we have our guests on. Yes, cuz we love them. So speaking of Overdrive, you can get, get the library on your phone, ebooks, audiobooks, all for free using an easy app. But Did you say overdriving? No. I don't think you did, but I kind of like the idea of that being a verb. Yeah. Like, like, uh, what are you doing? I'm overdriving. I'm overdriving right now. Just <laughs> overdriving over here. <laughs> so uh, we're, we're talking to Jill and Adam from Overdrive coming up, and you can send your library love to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. But before we talk to our friends over at Overdrive, we're going to take a quick break. there i'm film critic april wolf and host of the maximum fun podcast switchblade sisters do you love genre films do you love female filmmakers do you love discussions on craft if your answer is yes you'll love switchblade sisters every episode i invite one female filmmaker on and we talk in depth about their fave genre film and how it influenced their own work so we're talking horror action sci-fi fantasy bizarro and exploitation cinema mothers lock up your sons because the switchblade sisters are coming for you Available at MaximumFun.org or wherever you find your podcasts. So here we are with Adam Sokol and Jill Grunenwall from Overdrive. Thank you guys so much for joining us on the show. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, hello. What are you both reading right now? I am reading Midnight at the Bright Ideas Bookstore by Matthew Sullivan, and I'm listening. I I'm listening to the audio like of uh, <laughs> Give. Very cool. Yeah, and then I've got um, I have two as well. I just finished um a really dark graphic novel called Thornhill by Pam Smy. Uh, it's like basically it's the story of two of these young women. Uh, it's two different stories, like thirty years apart, and um. It's at an orphanage, and the one from the 30 years ago is entirely journal entries, and then the one from this day and age is entirely told through pictures. 
super dark, super creepy. You can read it in like 10, 15 minutes, honestly, but it's really good. Um, and then I'm reading Iron Gold by Pierce Brown because my lovely co-host Joe got me an advanced reader copy of it from our publisher friends. Um, it's the fourth book in the Red Rising series, so it's very incredible. I don't mean to buzz market Pierce Brown. I don't think he needs my promotion, but the book is fantastic. Awesome. Dude, that sounds awesome. So this episode is all about libraries. Tell us how what your relationship is with the library and how you both utilize libraries. So I actually am a librarian. I've worked in um, public libraries, academic libraries, a prison library before coming to Overdrive. So I have a very wide range of, of library love. And, you know, now I get books from the library all the time and it helps with research. And there's just so much magic at the library. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we um, kind of the same thing. I'm not a librarian. I like to tell everyone that I'm librarian adjacent. Um, here at Overdrive, we have a whole staff of librarians that I get to interact with every day. Obviously, Jill, kind of chief among all of those. But um, I use the library literally every day, uh, whether it's through ebooks and audiobooks, or um, we actually record a lot of our podcasts at our local library, which is cool. Um, and then I'm assuming you might want me to give you some information about Overdrive and, and libraries, I'm guessing. Yeah, tell us more about sure. Overdrive. All right, so Overdrive works with about 37,000 libraries and schools all around the world. Uh, about 95% of U.S. libraries use Overdrive, and I know that you guys talk about it all the time. Uh, so first off, thanks for the, for the promotion. We appreciate it. But um, we are a digital library company. So if people aren't familiar, if they're new to your podcast, uh, if you ever want to read a book on your phone or your tablet or your computer, you want to listen to an audiobook, um, you know, while you're out and about, that kind of stuff. Uh, if you don't want to pay for it, odds are it's going to come from Overdrive. Um, we have like five or three million books available in our marketplace for the libraries to add. Um, and ebooks and audiobooks work just like physical books in the sense that it's a one copy, one user service mostly. So if your library has like 25 copies of the Harry Potter books, which is pretty likely that they have that many, yeah. uh, 25 people can borrow them at the same time. And then there's a, a holds list and uh, you get the title for a certain amount of time. It returns itself automatically. Uh, no wait fees or no, no wait lists, no, no late fees, anything. Sorry. Wait lists, no late fees. Um, but yeah, as long as you have a library card, you have access to books 24 seven, no matter where you are in the world from your library. So is there something you guys wish more people knew about libraries and overdrive? I, think I wish more people would know that libraries are so much more than just books. That is, of course, one of the services. It's what they're probably most known for. But libraries offer programming for all ages. Um, you know, there's baby story time up through, you know, I've seen stuff for a senior citizen, like specific programs designed just for them. Um, there's really fun collections that are outside of books. There are some libraries where you can check out people. You can check out people <laughs> and like interview them and, and hear their stories. You can check out tools or, um, you know, kitchen stuff that you don't own. The library is just this amazing resource that I think gets underutilized because a lot of people think it is a little passe. It's, a, it's not necessary, you know, with everything on Google, what is the purpose of a library? A library is so much more <laughs> than just the information you can find there. Um, you know, for people who 
are struggling to find a job and maybe don't have computer access at home, they can go to the library and fill out job applications to get, um, you know, resume help. Um, there's, you know, for kids who don't have anywhere to go after school or don't want to go home because there's nobody home, they can go to the library and just like hang out with their friends. There's just so much in this single building in a community that I don't think enough people really fully understand. And then of course, with Overdrive, just the fact that we are the service that exists. I am a librarian who is terrible about returning books on time. <laughs> and so <laughs> I mean, I would have ridiculous amount of library fees. And so having this library in my pocket on my phone or in my purse on my, you know, tablet, I can just like check out books in the middle of the night if I want to, or anywhere I travel, I don't have to take a million library books with me and try and fit them in my suitcase and still say under like the 25 pound luggage limit at the airplane. Um, and all of it just it automatically goes back and I don't have to worry about late fees. <laughs> that was um that was such a mic drop of an answer that I hesitated to even <laughs> add to it. But um the one thing I'll add from a library standpoint, the thing that I absolutely love is they actually listen to their community. So if you have if you're going on your library's overdrive site and you're not seeing specific books that you are interested in, there's a feature on there that's called recommend the library and you can actually recommend books to the library that they add. Um, and if your library doesn't have that specific feature, just shoot them an email. Be like, hey, there's this new book coming out. I haven't seen any copies of it. Can you add them? And if your library does have that recommend a library feature, which a lot of them do, there's nothing more gratifying than recommending a book to them and then waking up in the morning to an email that's like, hey, your library added this book and we went ahead and checked it out for you. It's it's on your, it's on your overdrive shelf right now. So um, that's something that I love about libraries. And then from an overdrive standpoint, um, our new app, Libby, which I know you guys have, have talked about in the past, my favorite thing about it that not a lot of people know is whether you have a library card or not, you can look at a library's collection and you can sample literally any book that's in there, whether it's available or not. You can read up to like 10% of that book uh, without even having a library card, without buy, without deciding to, to borrow it or not. Because a lot of people go through a library and they'll, if they're at a physical library, they'll, they'll want to leaf through a, a book for a little bit before they decide to check it out. And you can actually do that in Libby, which is just a thing that I really love doing. So I don't think a ton of people know that. That um, recommending thing, by the way, I feel like 20% of my emails are like books that have arrived that I've recommended to the library. So it's the best, those are the, literally the best emails I get all the time. Um, so is there a famous library in the world that you'd like to visit? Oh my God, yes. So many of them. Um, the two main ones that are on my bucket list, one is Trinity College in Dublin. That's the one that anytime people show um like a reading room of a library it's usually the like there's this famous picture of these long hallways um in trinity college and then the other one that i want to go to is um the abbey library of saint gallen it's in switzerland if you go to any like old-timey monastery in europe you'll find incredible libraries and this one is uh apparently one of the best so that's those are the two on my bucket list um, the New York Public Library, only because I was there back in May, and they were closed. They were closed for Memorial Day, and I couldn't go. <laughs> and I just sat outside and looked at those pretty lions, and all I wanted to do was go inside, <laughs> and I couldn't. So I have to go back to New York just to finish, you know, visit the New York Public Library. So what book do you guys like to gift to people? 
Oh, how do you? I like. I feel like it depends. There's so many things to take. Like, who is it for? Yeah, I, this is. I've I've heard you guys ask this question before, and I was really nervous to answer it because I feel like a, giving someone a book is such a. I don't want to say a commitment, but it's such like a high pressure thing. I I don't want to give them something that I'm like, you're gonna love this, and have them tell me that I'm just you know to a horrible human being for giving it to them. I normally fall back on um, when it's my friends and I know what they like. I fall back on the illustrated Harry Potter books just because it's a different way to experience books that we all love. And the illustrations on those by Jim Kay are breathtaking. It's like a full book of works of art. So that's what I fall back on unless they've told me like, hey, you know what book sounds great? And then they they tell me. For me, I think it pretty much anything by Margaret Atwood. Yeah, because she covers a very wide range. But specifically these days, I feel I, I found out my best friend had never read The Handmaid's Tale, which just, I don't know how we're friends. And so <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that right now is a very timely book um, for a lot of people. I think a lot of people can read that book and take something away from it. I think those are great answers. So you guys are podcasters as well. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about your podcast? Yeah, sure. Uh, so our podcast is called The Professional Book Nerds. Uh, basically, we talk about books every single day here at the office. So Jill came to me one day and said, we should have a podcast. And she's absolutely right. So we do episodes on Mondays and Thursdays. Our Monday episodes are author interviews. And you'll hear everyone from uh, Pulitzer Prize winners and uh, New York Times bestsellers to debut authors who you probably have no idea about. And we talk about um, you know their the way that they get into their writing, their craft, and how they became a writer, all that good stuff. And then our Thursday episodes are usually like genre-based or themed. So um, I know you guys did like reading resolutions and stuff recently. Uh, We did one of those with our staff librarians. Uh, We do stuff from like the Read Harder Challenge. We offer suggestions. Yeah, I call them book chats. Thursdays are our book chat episodes where we have done genre-specific. We like to bring in, we have so many readers here at Overdrive who read every single book imaginable and every single type of book imaginable. And so we like to bring in our coworkers and, and talk about what they've been reading. Um, again, whether it's genre specific, like science fiction or fantasy or mystery. And then we also will sometimes, you know, at the end of the year, we did everyone's favorite book of 2017. Um, once a month we do, Adam and I do our top picks for the upcoming month. So we look ahead to books that are coming out in the next four weeks and which ones we're really excited about. But yeah, Thursdays are our book chat. Yeah. So after people listen to your episodes, if they want to go ahead and, and listen to ours after that, that'd be just fine. <laughs> oh no, we're both Thursday releasers. <laughs> oh no, it's, it's okay. There's room for more than one book talk in a day. Come on, it's not too ours are Ours are usually about the same length as yours, like that half an hour-ish kind of. See, so, so it's, it's like a, the commute to work and then the commute home from work. Perfect. 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 Double, bo- double book bill. <laughs> so where can we find you guys online? So the easiest way to do it, if you... Uh, search on Twitter or Instagram, just at Pro Book Nerds. Um, our Twitter account has then links in the in the bio to both Jill and I's personal accounts. Um, that's probably the best way to do it is just search at Pro Book Nerds and you'll find us. Um, and if you, for some reason, don't want to hear us, but you want to get information from Overdrive, you can always just search Overdrive uh, for libraries on, on Twitter and they've got lots of great stuff there too. Awesome. Thank Sweet. you guys so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you for having us. Now it's time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Jason writes in. 
how do I get better at reading with e-readers? I was given a Kindle Fire years ago to help me through my English undergrad classes, and it was so useful. I love how it organized my notes, how easy it was to search for keywords that I could use for my essays, and how convenient it was to have all my books stored in a light tablet. And yet, I hate reading with it. I hated how I have no sense of where I am in the books, especially if they only listed, listed the percentage of my progress through the book, not the page number. I hated how bright the screen was, even at the dimmest setting, and I hated how trying to highlight a sentence that spilled onto the next page was a nightmare. Despite how much I love the idea of e-readers, I have not touched my Kindle Fire since graduation. Do you have any suggestions to help me learn to love e-readers? And do you have any recommendations for replacing my Kindle Fire with a different e-reader if that would help? Okay, I'm going to let you start this because you know I have a love of e-readers. Yes, you were the you were the you were the expert, but I do have a little bit of of two cents to put in to help Jason. Jason, I think you just hate Kindle Fires. I'm going to I'm going to go out and say this. Ooh, the same, Kindle Fire never going to sponsor this show. <laughs> our, you know what, Amazon? I'm sorry, man. Like the same thing happened to me. I was about 21. Somebody got me one for Christmas, and I fucking hated it and i assumed because i hated it so much that i hated all e-readers and i've actually tried out several different e-readers since then and i've had a totally different experience including just using my iphone Mm. so i think you should sell or donate or give your kindle fire to a friend and get something else like what bria has yeah so i use a kindle paperwhite which someone gave me a kindle paperwhite and i was strictly a physical book reader at that point and someone gave it to me and I was like I'm never gonna use this and I really just grew to love it really quickly because of all obviously all of all the things but the paper white will help you with the brightness issue because it is backlit so the brightness doesn't you can turn it way down or way up and it just it doesn't hurt my eyes I will be real with you the highlighting issue has not been solved on the e-reader well, if Amazon is listening, they need they can get on this. I will try to highlight. I I accidentally highlight words all the time because I'll just be holding my finger down too much or like falling asleep while reading, and I'll have. I probably if you checked my highlights, it'd be like the and like you know would be like <laughs> highlighted. Um, and also I give up highlighting like on two pages. I just give up. I can't do it. I like it. I like don't know how to do it, and I use the e-reader all the time. So this is a problem. If anyone has like mastered the art of the highlight, send us a video because I would like to see this. So that's the one thing I don't do. I don't use it for research. I just use it for fun. If I'm doing research, I probably am going to use a like a solid book, a paper book, <laughs> a solid book, a solid book. They're no, no, solid. Those, no ghost books for no, Bria. Go, no liquid books. Please please keep your liquid books at home. That sounds like such a Star Wars thing. Like you open up a, a gas a gas chamber and all of a sudden like a, a, the book floats out. <laughs> like, this is your liquid book. <laughs> the power of the liquid book. Uh, I would read that. I disagree with him a lot about this progress thing though. I Like you usually know how long a book is. It tells you when you open up the book. You can see how long the book is and you know how long it is ish. And I like the percentage because it gives me an idea of how much I have left so I know how much I'm reading. It also tells you the average time it takes a person to read the book. And so I like to take that into account. That's really interesting. Because you don't know, like with a with a with a solid book. I'm gonna keep using that. (laughs) With a solid book, like think about this book that's sitting in front of you. Like it's like the 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 print could be totally different from another book. Yeah. So it could take you you don't really know how long it's gonna take you to finish that book. Yeah, it's true. I do like the hint of like this usually takes people seven hours or this usually takes people fourteen hours. I'm like, I'm like, that seems too long. Like that's too much, you know? But I'm gonna give you the reasons that I love the e reader. I'm gonna spread e reader love right now, okay? I get to carry a lot of books at once. I save money. I save trips to the store or library, ordering boxes from the internet. I have less stuff. I read in the dark without a book light all the time. And I have everything in one place. And you didn't talk about the biggest thing that people complain about, which is the lack of book smell. And I do think that one is sad. You know what? 
but we're gonna keep on our on our quest <laughs> to find a book perfume that smells like old books and then we're gonna start spraying my kindle with it yeah and a little spritz on the kindle yep that's but what I, we're doing and then i will also spritz myself so but i smell like an old book I th- <laughs> mallory i have to tell you something you already smell like an old book yes <laughs> anyway i'm gonna agree with mallory try a paper wipe so if you want us to solve your reader problem, send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. So if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's really great for us and helps us reach more readers. Reading Glasses is also pleased to offer interactive transcripts of the show through Greta. Go to G-R-E-T-T-A dot com slash reading underscore glasses to read and turn your favorite Reading Glasses moments into clips that you can share out on social media. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast, on Litzy at readingglasses, and you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag reading glasses thanks for listening and thanks Thanks for for reading. reading maximumfun.org comedy and culture artist owned listener supported